Wow, the folks, that was really kind of an anemic applause there, but that's okay. I'm Fred McMurray, and this is Thursday. It's 2 p.m. Central, which means it's time for... I'm here with my co-host, Ray Piller, our special women's planning co-host, Carolyn Thurston, CEO of Wisdom Healthcare. Sorry, Senior Care. Man, my bad. Carolyn, (laughs) where are you today and what's the weather like? And then Ray will follow it up and introduce our guest. Okay, I'm in North Carolina and the weather is just perfect. We have plenty of sunshine, and it's around maybe about 67 degrees. Perfect weather. Ray, where are you? I am in uh, Aurora, Illinois. By the way, that's the second largest city in the state of Illinois. People don't know that. It's a great city. And right now, the weather is sunny. It's a beautiful sunny day, and it's a balmy 22 degrees. I will tell you that in in San Luis Obispo today, it's when I went out to the car, it was 35 out. So it was approaching Chicago weather. Not quite, but close. We're trying to send all the bad weather to you. Are, Are we succeeding? Yeah, you are all too well. So stop it. Otherwise, I'll come there and make it snow or something like that. So... All right, let's get to the show. Ray, who's our guest? Our guest is Gary Findlay, and he is the boss of, or the CEO of uh, Restoration One and Blue Frog Plumbing and Drain Franchise. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I will ask you, since we're still not quite in the pillars of franchising yet, we're still in pillars of weather. I'll ask you, Gary, where are you and what's the weather like? And then Carolyn can ask the first normal question. Okay. Well, at this moment, I'm in Dallas, Texas. I live in in the big city of Waco, just a couple hours south. But I'm in Dallas right now, and our weather is rainy and cold and just kind of nasty, maybe, you know, 40, high 40s, low 50s, which uh, I spent five years in Minnesota, so this is not bad. I don't have any complaints. <laughs> Ooh, it's a little hot out there. <laughs> yeah, so, so balmy, like you said. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so before, wow. before Carolyn jumps into uh, her first question, Gary, I got to tell you, we've got. Uh, a bunch of people on the website listening. So folks, if you're listening on the website and uh, you can either chat with me and we'll get the questions in, or you can dial in at 323-580-5755 and ask a question. Carolyn, take it away. Hi, Gary. I would like to um, first say thank you for allowing us to have the opportunity to speak with you. Um, my question for you is what made you become a franchisor? Uh, you know, I have been in franchising. I started in franchising when I was about 19 years old. 
Um, my friends were going uh, to college right out of high school, and I went to work for the railroad and then came back. I lived in Waco, which is a home of uh, the Dwyer Group, now neighborly, and I took a job there selling franchises and just absolutely loved this concept. My dad was an entrepreneur most of my life. Uh, we grew up in, uh, out in the country, but, um, you know, he had a, had a business, and I like that. And this concept of helping people go out and uh, open up their own uh, businesses uh, kind of excited me. So I was, um, got involved in that, later went back to the Dwyer Group in the, in the early 90s, and then on into Curves in the mid-90s. So been doing it a while, just like helping people get out and uh, open their own business and kind of uh, chase their dreams. Mm. Good. Wow. Ray, jump in there, Ray. Oh, sure. You know, I, I, I was, uh, I'm going to bring this up right now because uh, I, I know we were going to talk to Gary, and and Gary is also uh, in the plumbing business. So I'm, um, I was doing a little repair uh, at home, and I know Gary, you can't. I don't know if you can see what we've got here, but uh, basically we've got. Uh, a device that is used in plumbing called a flapper. And uh, yeah. I thought, you know, that's an awful lot like the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that, you know, it, it, it's the same shape. And that's probably where they got the idea when they were developing it back a long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> that's the okay. there. I don't, did, you, yeah. did you realize that the plumbing flapper looks just like the Starship Enterprise? Uh, you know what? I did not, but, you know, let me go ahead and clarify first. I know absolutely nothing about the restoration or plumbing business. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm the franchise. <laughs> you know, I, I built them uh, very well, but, uh, you know, I, I tell my franchisees, if, if you're on a job or you're somewhere in the middle of the night, don't call me. Um, you know, I have an operations team. You know, my ability is uh, – build franchise companies and and as all of you know it's all about a team so uh that's all i've ever done and right. you know started in in something and know how to to go out there and, and roll it out so franchises is a you know is a little bit different than uh the flapper yeah <laughs> so anyway <laughs> so, uh so we we got an idea about your background a little bit and you know, what kind of individual are you looking to open up either one of your, your franchises? And I assume, are they separate or can, when you, someone gets into your franchising with Restoration One, do you automatically go into the plumbing business or, you know, how, do you franchise them separately or together? And what does a yeah. person look like that uh, may be interested in, in one or both of your franchises? Yeah, I mean, the, the actual uh, prospect many times looks like the same person. We do sell them separately, so they're not uh, they're not together. We have had a couple of franchisees um, in the restoration business first went on to buy uh, a plumbing franchise because the two obviously the the two work very well together because a lot of times a a busted pipe or a flooded uh, room from an overstuffed toilet. Uh, ends up uh, calling the restoration company, so we come in behind it. But the, you know, I will tell you that a little bit different than most people in the 
um, the businesses where you just operate, uh, you don't have an office, you don't have a brick and mortar. We are not looking for the man in the van. We are looking for people that know how to uh, build a business. And so what we find and what we've had been very interesting, uh, a lot of people are coming out of uh, corporate America, Fortune 500 companies, so they understand the value of uh, building this company from ground up, take our systems, processes, apply them, and then building a business that can really uh, grow into something uh, very big. So they're just not a say, hey, I want to have one truck, I want to operate that, and I just kind of want to make enough to make my bills. So uh, people that want to, you know, really, they're, they're hard workers, they got uh, high integrity, and they know how to follow a system. Uh, so those are real, and it's the same uh, person in either business, Restoration One or Blue Frog Plumbing and Drain. So you're looking for someone with an entrepreneurial spirit. Correct. Correct. And, yeah, like like myself, um, they have no uh, background in either one of these businesses. None of my uh, plumbers were plumbers when they came into it, which is kind of great with our system. We actually have people in our office. That's what they do uh, is to go out and locate master plumbers and, and put the two together. So that's uh, that's one uh, one piece of it. And then on the restoration side, you know, they take courses and classes that they have certifications in a, a water course, fire and smoke and, and mold. But they don't come. They don't have this background. I think in my 280 restoration ones, I think I have one person that had a background in this particular business. Yeah, that's that's one of the things we have talked about in the past on the show, but not actually not for a while. Is is do you want to work in the business or do you want to work on the business? Right. And important. And in my case, I I, I definitely want did not want to work in in the business, uh, but I mm-hmm. de- I do work on the business still, even though I'm semi-retired. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, um, I was just going to say that I will say this. It's not always true, but, you know, um, I opened uh, through Curves over 8,000 locations and uh, even more fitness franchises after that. And I will tell you that typically my worst franchise owner was someone who was already in the industry of the business only because it's much harder for somebody to see the value of your systems. So when you take somebody, you know, scratch and say, here you go, here's the, here's the playbook, run with it. Uh, they're usually going to follow it, you know, exactly to the T. Those are the people that are very successful. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. First, I have to say, the betting was was that I would be the first one to bring up Star Trekkers um, space or something like that. And yet, it was actually Ray, and his background (laughs) is Star Trek. So... Okay. I'm going to go back to a topic you brought up a bit ago, and you said you've sold a lot of franchises. What was the hardest, the hardest one or two things you found about selling franchises? Uh, people to give up that money. <laughs> so, you know, having people, um, yeah, having people uh, dis- make a decision to uh, quit their job, leave their job, take their money that they have out of their savings, and invest it in something that they know nothing about, uh, an industry doesn't know anything about. They've never owned a business before. So, you know, that, that's a, um, it's hard for somebody to swallow. Uh, and, you know, most people are just not born as entrepreneurs, and that's uh, great because, like I said, the systems we get to teach them, which is what franchising is all about. 
But that that's the biggest uh, hurdle has been to be able to take these people that uh, were looking to uh, to get in a business and uh, and get it up and going, and then say, okay, hey, I've got this great job. I've been here 20 years. I'm gonna leave it now and, and just take a risk. So I, I would I would say in my career. Uh, that has been the hurdle to try to jump uh, as you're trying to sell franchises. Awesome. Carolyn? Yeah. When when you talk about um, bringing in a franchisee that has no, um, maybe um, they're not specialized in that profession, how do you actually get them to want, get interested in plumbing if they weren't a plumber was what exactly intrigued them to look at your system? Yeah, it, it's, it is 100% the business model. And it goes back to that prospect. Mm-hmm. So that prospect understands, and again, being many of them from corporate America are, are people that uh, know how to build businesses. Uh, they are looking strictly at the business model when they look at either one of our businesses. So one of those things, it is a business that can ramp up quickly. Um, one of the things I love about both of our businesses is that they are recession resistant. Uh, so people who have watched what happened back in 2008, that's important to them. Go, well, hey, what if the business doesn't make it? Well, you know, this is a low investment, low overhead, high margins, recession resistant, and no brick and mortar. So you're not tied to a, a lease that you've got to, you know, get out of. Hey, uh, you know, not only do has my business not made it, now I've got to go, you know, uh, get this, you know, I'm in a 10-year lease. I've got to figure out how to get rid of that or get out of it. So that's really the intriguing part of this that they say, hey, look, this business ramps up, uh, you know, fairly quickly or in most cases quickly. And in the event we do experience some kind of recession, uh, people still have to, if they got plumbing problems, they got to get them fixed. If you have a flood uh, in your home, you got to get it fixed. You can't say, "Hey, I'll do that," you know, next month. You know, you can't swim around the house until next month comes. And so, uh, for us, you know, that that's really what has built our business. I had a flood in my house, uh, two story house, and so the whole bottom flooded out, uh, and we had to call in one of these companies. And it is a, um, you know, it's, it's not a great experience for the customer. So. Um, not only do you have to go in there and do the work, but you have to, you know, kind of help them uh, through the process. I mean, it's very emotional. So that's really how we get mm-hmm. people to come into the business. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask one other question, Fred? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, so a lot of people are 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 searching, and they they're in this process of trying to figure out. They want to do something with franchising. Um, but they just don't know exactly what that is. What advice would you give them as they're doing their research? Right. Well, I mean, there are, gosh, there are thousands of franchise companies out there. I think, number one, you need to sit down and figure out what it is you want to, what, you know, it may not always be what kind of business uh, you want to be in. I tell people this is the non-sexiest business you will ever be in. So, uh, do you want sexy or do you want to make money? Uh, when I was in the health club business, uh, sold franchises, everybody wants to go, you know, go out to dinner with their next door neighbors or friends and say, hey, guess what? We bought a health club. Nobody wants to go out and say, hey, guess what? Paul quit his job and now he's a plumber. So it's just a, it's a it's a pretty hard sell. 
but you know, find out what it is you're trying to accomplish, what you have to, uh, how much you have to invest, and then do your research on the business. There's so many uh, places out there you can do that. Some people go to franchise consultants uh, that they can go to and, and have them go out and research and look for the businesses and kind of give them some, some suggestions. But the great thing about today is this little thing called Internet that you can hop on and you can look up everything you possibly need to know. When uh, I started franchising back in the early 90s, we were getting, uh, we were getting uh, prospects by using a phone book. We literally were cold calling. Hey, how would you like to put your job on a business for yourself? So, so it's a it's a little bit different uh, today, but uh, I think uh, research is a hundred percent. And then, you know, because we are regulated by uh, the Federal Trade Commission, there's a lot of things that we have to put out there uh, that you know helps them understand the business model, any litigation. Um, you know, it's kind of how much the money can make, at least from looking at other locations, but um, do do the research. Make sure that uh, it's a viable business, and look at the the longevity of it and the history of it. Thank you, Gary. I got a question yes. for you. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> He's got that look on his face. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna preface it, and I, and I just thought about this uh, when I was gonna when I was gonna how I was gonna ask you the question and. Uh, we had a call from a client one day that said that they had some work done on their furnace and the HVAC guy came in and he needed to plug in his trouble light. So he unplugged the freezer down in the basement. And when he left, of course, the, the uh, air conditioning was working and everything, but he forgot to plug the freezer back in and they didn't check that freezer for several months. Mm. So it was, it was quite a mess. It was a gooey, gooey, mess so uh, the question i want to ask you that have any of your franchises ever related to you something that was really terrible in the french in, um, in, in the restoration business well first thing i will say i'm going to guess that that hbac guy probably owned a restoration business as well because then with the smell <laughs> he could come back in <laughs> yeah that's like leaving on the leaving the water on when you're in plumbing business, right? So, uh, kind of job security. Yeah. Um, well, here's the deal: I'm the franchisor, so believe me, they're not going to tell me those stories. <laughs> they don't want to come back and hey, look, uh, look what kind of liability. I haven't heard a lot of things out in the field. Um, you know, when you have that many franchisees, I can assure you, all kinds of things have have gone on and are probably happening today. Uh, but they don't usually share it with their franchisors, so I, I, I don't have any – I wish I had a really, really good uh, story for you. Um, I will tell you that we had a recording uh, one time on one of our phones that, uh, that was a little bit kind of like that where uh, <laughs> a customer was uh, upset because one of the technicians went in and used their bathroom. Um, and so that was uh, – and, and uh, just uh, left them a few things they weren't happy about. <laughs> so did they like uh, overflow the toilet or plug it up or I mean uh, they plugged it up yes yeah. yes yeah they plugged okay. it up <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay you. I got one there. yeah well he's a restoration guy he should be able to restore that <laughs> uh, yeah we, no, we have another company I'm right right in behind you all right 
So I'm going to try to get us out of the toilet here. Um, um, So my first question is, what's behind the Blue Frog name? Oh, yeah. Man, here's here's the problem with that question. (laughs) We acquired that company. So, um, you know, I tried to get an answer to that. We bought it because we liked it. We liked the, the, the branding and our branding guys came up with the, the name Freddie the Frog, um, but there was all they could tell me. There was nothing real um, uh, exciting behind why they named it that. Uh, I think one of the guys was sitting there one day, sitting at the desk, kind of doodling, saying, "Okay, what uh, what should we come up with? It's a little bit different." Uh, and they came up with a frog. I don't really know what a frog has to do with plumbing. Uh, kind of, um, I, I've. I've Kind of uh, racked my brain on that, but I don't know. I, I wish it was a great – I could make up something if you'll give me a little time here. That's funny. Um, I was thinking Blue Snake would be better than Blue Frog, but, you know. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, is, that is too. <laughs> or, yeah, Brown Snake. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Carolyn, <laughs> you're up next. Yeah, please, Carolyn, please. Okay. Well, let me take you back to um, if people are doing their research on um, franchises, what would you say are the top three items on the FTG that you would recommend they read first? Yeah. um, I would say item seven, item 19, litigation. So uh, the item 19 is going to give you kind of a you know, the way we're regulated, you know, you could come in, I could sit down with you as a prospect and, and tell you, hey, you, you'll make $200,000 a year. Uh, there became a problem with that when that's what everybody told uh, people back uh, a long time ago. And they said, okay, we need to regulate this uh, because they can tell anybody anything they want. So it usually takes uh, part of their, their locations, breaks them down to maybe the top third, bottom third, and the middle third, comes up with some averages, or they use corporate stores. Or if it's brand new, they have to have some type of projections. And so that gives you an idea of what you should kind of expect uh, from a business. Uh, but, you know, again, that's really based on who's running it. Item seven is going to tell you what that total investment is going to be, and there's going to be a range. Here's the low range. Here's the high range. And so you know what you're going to be spending and what you're going to spend it on. And then that litigation is a um, – and many times it's a, it's a – if it's a – company that's been around for a while and when i say a while five years or more litigation give you a a good idea of if there's been any problems creep up in it um so that would be and then the only other one which is not three it's four is just kind of the history and the people behind the business and while you have a little bit of that in the fdd most of it you really need to google and find out more but who's behind it you know what's their background what do they do um and that's that's always tough with a with a uh, startup business. When we started Curves, myself, Gary Haven, um, there were two of us, and we both had bankruptcies. So it, it wasn't the, the prettiest FDD you've ever seen. There's two employ- two guys in the company, both of them had bankruptcies. So what does that tell you? But uh, you know, we were able to uh, uh, build a 8,000 uh, unit franchise company. So I guess I guess they felt okay about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, 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 Fred. Are the lights flickering in, yes, in your Ray. office? Is yes. it time to pay the bills? Yes, it's time to pay the bills, Ray. So, 
we'll go to commercial, then we'll come back to you for your next question. Want to remind our listeners they can call in at 323-580-5755 to ask questions, or you can chat at the pillarsoffranchising.com website, ask the questions, and we'll get them answered for you. Uh, And now, uh, and also want to give a shout out to uh, the newest podcast show Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central, sorry, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific, uh, Life Hurts, God Heals. Uh, they they had their initial debut this past Tuesday. And now, if I can click the button right, we'll have a word from a sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine.com. And we're back. Ray, take it away. Oh, sure. I think we need to get down a little bit of the nitty-gritty. Uh, what does it take to get involved in uh, one of your franchises? Uh, you know, what kind of capital do they need to have? Yeah, that, I mean, as I mentioned to you earlier, when we talked about kind of the what I see is the best things about our business, one of them is a, is a low investment because you really don't have a huge equipment package. You're, the biggest piece of equipment you have is going to be your van, which can be leased. And so you can get into our businesses for as little as $75,000 cash with about a total investment. Total investment under uh, both of them would be under $150,000. So um, there's just so many options out there today. We have a great funding company that people do a lot of uh, 401 rollovers and those kind of things. And so the, you know, the business is going to be somewhere between that seventy-five dollars and $150,000 uh, cost to get into it. Well, that certainly sounds reasonable. Um, I, I was just wondering, you know, some of these projects can be uh, pretty big depending on what's happening in your neck of the woods or your franchisees neck, neck of the woods. Uh, do, do they sometimes get help from uh, other owners across the country or is that something that uh, is not allowed? No, 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 they can't. I'll tell you when we see it. We see it, unfortunately, when you have national uh, national disasters, natural disasters, uh, and uh, so you can have hurricanes come through, a lot of tornadoes come through, uh, flooding. You know, you had the flooding in Houston several years ago, uh, and the franchisees have to team up at that point. Uh, they've got so much going on. Uh, they don't have all the equipment, but we also team up with them as well uh, with uh, our corporate headquarters. You know, when we had the floods in Houston, we ended up uh, uh, our VP of operations and one of our other operational guys uh, loaded. They actually had a boat um, and they loaded the boat up with water and loaded up the back of the truck with fuel and took off to Houston and set up and said, "Okay, 
you know, what, y'all just point us in a direction. What, what can we do to help? Um, my uh, assistant in the company, her house was flooded. So uh, we had franchisees that all uh, stepped in to, you know, to help them out. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they co- uh, collectively get together in the case of any kind of natural disaster. And so on a, on a large job, typically, typically they can handle the, most of those. We even, uh, when we knew that, uh, the, I think it was the, the storms came through in the Carolinas, we actually went to our vendor and uh, bought enough um, what we call dehues and, and van, uh, fans, and we loaded up a, about a 35-foot trailer, bought a new trailer, bought a gooseneck, drove to North Carolina, parked it, and said, okay, here's your extra equipment. So that, that's, that's how we do a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it is emergency type work, so uh, right. that's what I was getting at. You know, how are you going to help each other? I I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's a small part. Yeah. Of the, the, um, the, the, it, the it seems like you help the community um, a lot when they're um, having any type of natural disaster. But um, as a franchise door or even your franchisee, do you have like an organization or something that you're committed to um, helping? Yeah, with our um, really where we put all of our efforts are for those things. So any type of natural disaster, that's where we're going to put uh, funds, time, money, energy. Uh, we have boots on the ground. So, I mean, it, it affects us. Uh, it, go back to what I was saying a while ago, talked about uh, one of the people that worked for me, uh, my franchise, they, you know, a lot of places you are unable to get flood insurance. They did not have flood insurance. So uh, the group of franchisees in that area all got together and uh, did, you know, took care of their house for them. Uh, we get involved in uh, with, you know, putting together, uh, funds to raise money to help out some of these pe- uh, people in certain areas that have been flooded. So that's where we put our time and energy because actually these natural uh, disasters, you're going to have some uh, every year. And um, so it just makes sense because we have people on the ground. So it's not just uh, not just funding it financially, but, uh, you know, manpower, manpower to help in. And, you know, you'll come in there and you'll need to help people get moved out of their homes and just whatever it takes. I think that uh, because we are a service business, our franchisees understand uh, that their job and their role as a franchisee is to uh, work in their community and do what they can. And a lot of our franchisees uh, have their own uh, causes that they do in their cities. They're individual franchisees in a city. So it, it could be uh, any type of uh, ministry or organization uh, inside these smaller cities. And so I, I would say probably at least 50, 60% of our franchisees work within their own communities. Red, can't hear you. <laughs> that would be why. So I'm, thank you, Ray. I'm going to pound on that. Uh, you talked about areas. So what areas are you finding the most growth in and what areas do you want to grow uh, in 2020? Yeah. So, I, I mean, our growth is he- obviously heavy in Texas, heavy in Florida. Uh, so kind of up that Northeast, but um, you know, our, our span is nationwide. 
I would tell you today uh, we're looking all up the West Coast. We have a, a lot of availability and still in California, again, up the West Coast. Some of your larger cities uh, like Cincinnati, Ohio, some in the mid uh, the Midwest, which, you know, have a lot of space still left in some of the, you know, the uh, Chicago's uh, in Wisconsin, Minnesota. So a lot of the larger cities, uh, but we're pretty much like Florida, very little, very little left. Uh, and that's where the, that's actually where the company started. I moved it to uh, Waco back in 2016 from uh, Florida. And so, you know, then we start seeing the Texas uh, grow. So we're, you know, we're fairly thick in the South, um, uh, and um, but, but the growth has been everywhere. I think we're probably uh, in all but about three states, four states, and uh, but other than that, the West Coast, uh, Midwest, and the larger cities. So uh, before I turn it over to Carolyn, uh, you, the, the fact that you're saying the West Coast uh, in some ways kind of surprises me because – as I talk to franchisors and others, um, I've heard more than a few uh, saying that they were leaving California because of, well, California government is about the only way you can put it. So mm-hmm. you're not yep, the yep. issue with the, the well, yeah. yeah, no, I, I understand that's been on, um, and I've been there before, uh, and and I understand it. It, you know, it's one of those. Um, one of those things that the franchisor has to decide how comfortable they feel with their system, that their system will not have some of the issues everyone else has. And that's kind of where we are. Um, our franchisees in California do very well. Uh, our concepts do very well. And um, so that is just, uh, that's just a risk we take. And um, it's also about, you know, the relationship you build with those, if you build the right franchise relationship, franchise old franchisee relationship, you know, uh, there's a lot of loyalty in that and they're going to stick with you. Yeah. They have a few, you know, uh, law uh, laws as regarding to labor, but those, some, most of those do not affect us that much, uh, at least not serious enough to uh, keep us from going out there. So no, at the, I wouldn't say it's my favorite place, but I would tell you that uh, still a lot of opportunity, and we're still going to grow there until until they kick us out. Well, speaking of labor, <laughs> I, I want to uh, make an announcement that uh, I read about the other day. Uh, this is from Erica Farage in the Franchise Org, and it says, in one of the most positive developments of franchising since 2015, last week, the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB, reached a decision on the years-long McDonald's joint employer case, declaring that McDonald's was not a joint employer uh, of its franchisees' employees. And, of course, there's a lot more about that in the news. I think if you Google any part of that, you'll you'll find that this was a fantastic uh, uh, development for franchisees and franchisors. Yeah, it's been something that people are worried about. That's California's part of that. Yeah, AB5. Uh-huh. Yep. It's Colin. You got yes. the next question. Yeah, so um, what would a typical day for a Restoration One or a Blue, blue Frog um, plumbing 
what would their the franchisees day look like? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, our um let's use restoration one first. Our um kind of the way that we go about getting clients is quite a bit different from our competitors. Um and you know, we're we're kind of the the really the new kids on the block. When I say that we've been around, you know, about seven years, but a lot of our competitors have been around thirty plus years. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, on the sales side building relationships with what we call first responders. Most of those first responders uh, are plumbers. So when we talked about it earlier in the show, you have a, a pipe bust. First thing you do is call a plumber. First thing plumber does when he gets there and he's got water everywhere, he gets the water cut off or, or stops the water from flowing. Then it's got to, okay, how do we get this out here? How do we clean this mess up? He's going to reach out to a restoration company. So we spend the typical day for our franchisees. They have most all of them have all of them have a salesperson, whether it's the owner or designated salesperson. But what they're doing is going out uh, and just making those relationships. And besides plumbers, there could be uh, apartment managers. There could be local insurance companies. Um, you know, it could be firehouses, and you know, some of that's a little bit, uh, you know, sketchy because of what you can and can't do. You can't go in and give them things, fire departments, but letting people know that you're available in the case of a, of a fire where you can come in, board up, and uh, come back later. But it's all those different one-on-one relationships that we try to build. So that's there's uh, the typical day for a plumbing business. It's more call-in, so you're, uh, you're working jobs. So they get, come in in the morning, they plan out their day. Uh, they go out and they start answering calls. And so the, the both of them are a little bit different. They'll do some sales as well. They'll get out um, mm-hmm. uh, in front of uh, organizations and businesses to let them know about their services. But some of the other things they'll do is more community work. You know, how do I get out in front of the community so they know mm-hmm. I'm here? Uh, but uh, they're, they're a little bit different. But reality is, is those two businesses, like every business, is sales-related. They're, they're sales businesses that just happen to do uh, restoration and plumbing. Mm-hmm. Ray, I believe you have the next question. So they're not standing by the phone waiting for it to ring 24-7. So does, yeah. that, does that mean that you have a uh, answering service that helps out with that? Uh, no, we, we don't. They all have their, their – uh, they uh, – Blue Frog is one that's going to – you know, they are 24-7 answering phone. So is Restoration 1 to, uh, you know, to a point. It's not as much. But, yeah, they, ha- they all have uh, someone – they either have a service that they use individually. They have somebody designated to answer the phone. But um, we do not have a national call center. Um, in the past, we've had some experience with those. It hasn't worked as, as well. Um, so what we find in, really in, in our businesses is it is that uh, boots on the ground, person that's in that area, uh, getting, you know, understanding what their needs are and putting in place a, a team that can meet those needs for that community. Because everywhere you go, it's not, not, the, not the same type of uh, situations, not the same type of laws. you got different types of uh, housing you got different types of rules and regulations so uh, we leave it individually but they they will i would say the restoration business is less likely to get a job in the middle of the night than probably a plumbing oh okay yeah i, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of in the impression it was 24 7 emergency type 
you know, my house is flooding, help. Yeah, well, the only way the only way you'll typically know that is if you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So the rest of it, or, or the bed, you feel the bed floating. But other than that, you know, you you uh, you won't know it happens until you get up in the morning. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking, if your bed starts to float away, yeah, you got a problem. <laughs> it's kind of a hit. right, right. You know, now you got a water bed. Yeah. Oh, that's wicked. That's wicked. Love it. Love it. All right. So on, on this vein, I'm going to ask a a much more tactical question of um, what's the most important piece of equipment a plumber has? <laughs> uh, his van. <laughs> Let's, go. Let's go with that. His vehicle. <laughs> so that gets him from point okay. A to point B. Yeah, it's Inside the yeah. truck, I would say probably typically most people would know it's a snake. Uh, you know, that that's probably going to be the biggest thing. Uh, but, no, reality is is their vehicle is the biggest, you know, gets them around to, to get to those jobs and do what they need to. But their plumbing equipment, you know, uh, snake, uh, mm, I, I, you know, as I, I said it earlier, there's not a lot of moving, moving pieces in this. You know, now if you have something where you've got – uh, roots growing up into a line outside, or you have uh, a lot of them have cameras. You have to drop them down, run cameras to figure out what the problem is. But uh, we know that pretty much uh, ninety percent of the jobs are going to need to use a snake. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Carolyn, you got a lot of questions on the plumbing. Yeah. Side. Do you have a lot of plumbing issues at your house? No, but usually that's what <laughs> happens. <laughs> Somebody clogs it up, and you know. Yeah, I was just wondering. You must eat a lot of red meat at your place. I used to, but um, no, not not no, since the heart attack. Fred is just full of it. That's all. Now, that being said, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I think I wanted to ask you a question. Just going back to when you're finding the right fit for your organization. Is there any particular tool that you use to help you determine if they would be the right fit for you? You know, um, when I started off in this business, I worked with companies that did, you know, profiles, personality profiles on people to see if they fit, uh, they were the right person. Um, and I have, um, and, and maybe I'm just doing it long enough that I, I can uh, prove pretty much use a kind of my gut instinct, but we look at them financially. We make sure that they're financially qualified. We make sure, uh, and most of this more on a, we spend a lot of time on the phone building relationship with these people. And when you build that relationship with them, you get a good idea of uh, who they are, what, what they're looking for, what they're willing to do. And you find out it's kind of by design. We have, you know, uh, processes we go through that we have them follow along with us. The biggest thing about owning a franchise is can you follow a system? Uh, otherwise, you might as well go do it yourself. So that's kind of what we watch for as we're going through that process of they following the system. But we don't really use, other than get, making sure they're financially qualified, we do not use personality profiles, anything else. We just use um, our experience. And our experience will give us a really – there's no magic wand you know, some of the people I thought would be the very best uh, in my business were ended up being the 
the biggest headaches and some of the people I thought they're going to be horrible ended up being my top franchisees. So there's just not, I wish there was some magic wand. If I, if I ever find it, uh, I'm going to package it and sell it. But right now I just don't know where that's at. Okay, you probably would make a lot of money. <laughs> I would make a lot of money, absolutely. I, I'd have my own podcast. Yeah. We can make <laughs> hey, we can make that happen. We'll talk later. <laughs> right. Give me, give me a yeah, call. Because uh, of the franchises that I know have not made it, uh, if you ask them, well, did you did you follow this that the franchise says or that? They, oh, no, I don't believe in that. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> why do you buy yeah. a franchise if you're not willing to follow all of the things yeah. they have set up? You know, they're, they're yeah. there for a reason. Yeah, so, they try yeah. to reinvent the wheel. You know, they, they, look, yeah. they know better. It's so a reinvent this. Yeah. Pay all this money for the advice, and then they don't follow it. Right, right. <laughs> Typical. Have so, all right, I'll come back and ask my question. Time to pay the bills again. Uh, to the caller that was on there and who got dropped off, please call back in, uh, and we'll get you on the air. You can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. He's in his best uh, announcer voice. Or you can chat at pillarsoffranchising.com. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company, a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. Are you thinking about opening a business? What are you in transition from a corporate job? Looking to generate an income, add to your existing business, or just too young to retire? Come to the Hello. Check out website for schedules. And just as a reminder, uh, the next uh, Great American Franchise Expo is February 15th and 16th in Dallas at the Early Irving Convention Center. And then the following weekend, February 22nd and 23rd, in the Houston Stafford Center. And we are back. And, oh, yes, you can also fill out the form on the Pillars of Franchising website and get a copy of the Franchise NBA. And as of uh, Nick's last uh, guest appearance, not only will you get the wonderful book, you can see my copy's kind of dog, dog-eared, but you get a free VR uh, free VR 
virtual reality gear. We'll try not to say VR. So now to my question. Um, you've you've said you start you've started a you know multiple franchisors. What advice would you give, or what are the top three things that a, a would be franchisor needs to do to get ready to be to sell franchises? So um, you're saying to start up their own franchise company? Yep, to become a franchisor okay. like you. Yep, yep. I- I think the biggest thing is to make sure that the uh, the business that they have can be duplicated and not just duplicated in the city that they're at, but can that be duplicated in other parts of the country? Absolutely, hands down. The biggest thing that I've seen is that somebody had, you know, a little great little sandwich shop in a little town in South Texas, and everybody says, oh, you should franchise this. They've got maybe a very unique sandwich or something. Uh, and they get it ready to, and they go out and franchise it, but nobody knows about it anywhere else. Uh, and so making sure that whatever your brand is, whatever you're doing is that you would, um, you know, you've tested it, you've tested it several times, uh, and you know, whether or not, um, it will work because obviously, uh, us rednecks in the South are a little bit different than people in, in the North. So, um, there's that. And then finances, you know, I, you just got to make sure so many people figure that they will raise the money to, you know, franchise as they keep selling franchises. And that, uh, I will tell you, that has been uh, something that's probably taken down most franchise companies in the beginning, just being undercapitalized. So those would be my two biggest things. You know, does it work? Is it something that someone needs? Has it been duplicated? And can you put it in other parts of the country? And do you have... Um, you have the money to take it and build it. You know, not every not every good idea uh, is a franchise. Not every franchise is a good idea. So, kind of kind of use that uh, little uh, quote to live by, and uh, I think you'll do fairly well. Awesome. So, to the the people that have been calling me about wanting to start their own franchise, you've heard the you've heard some of the best there um, from Gary. Carolyn, you're you're up next. Yeah, um, I have a question about brand awareness, and especially for maybe a new um, franchisor getting started, and they're wanting to get their brand out there, and we know how important that is. What advice would you give them? Yeah, I I would say hire you a really good PR company. Uh, it's just tough if you go down, you start in. I don't, you know, I'm in Dallas today. So you start up a business in Dallas and you want to, you really want to take that and franchise it. You know, the, the best way to do that is have other people talk about you. That's, uh, uh, that's what you'll find in a lot of articles. So with a good, good, good PR team, they're able to get you in the right places. And those places, what they do is they expand, um, you know, your awareness, which then allows you People are always going to go to the website. A really, really, really strong website uh, is just, uh, I mean, it's imperative. You have to have that. But by doing the PR, it usually drives people to looking uh, looking on the website to learn more about you. So those two things go hand in hand. When I, You know, I've done development over my 30 years for about uh, 16 to 17 different franchise companies. Some of them have been startups from ground up. And, you know, there was a handful of things I told them, these are the things you have to do. Some of them we've already talked about, but 
one of PR was kind of at the top of that list. And, and, you know, it's not as expensive as what people think it is. Ray? So after, we, after we talked you, a little about uh, to the our audience that, uh, that are franchisors. We, uh, a lot of our audience are franchisees or thinking about being a, a, a franchisee. What advice would you give the person who is uh, working for the boss and, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, getting out on their own? What advice would you give that person? I would tell them to go to their computer right now, look up restoration1.com, <laughs> and, and call us and we'll sell a franchise. Go to Blue Frog Plumbing and Drain. Um, you know, I, again, as I said, they get a, everybody needs to find out what it is that they really uh, – and I wouldn't always say passionate about. Nobody's passionate about plumbing. Nobody's passionate about restoration. They are passionate about building a business. They are passionate about helping people. So there's just, you know, finding out what you really want to accomplish with that. Again, those five things that I told you earlier, I think it was five, four or five, that low investment, low overhead, mm-hmm. high margins, uh, recession-resistant, no brick and mortar, those are my favorite things. But finding out what is really important to them uh, and then just research. Uh, you know, Entrepreneur uh, just put out their Franchise 500. Uh, I love that's my favorite thing to read during the year but, uh, other than the Bible. Uh, is go to that entrepreneur 500 and you get to look at all of all of the top franchise or franchisors um, you got one spot that you can go to and in that it will give you rankings so now you understand a little bit about them it will give you all their information from franchise cost to how many they have uh, how many locations they have uh, and so it, to me it is it's kind of the the franchisee bible being able to go to that and find everything you need so it goes back, um, I think I said it earlier, just research uh, research, and what is it that you want to accomplish out of the business. Absolutely. Awesome. So for those of you folks who might hear a drumming sound in the background, it's because it looks like there's a typhoon on the outside of my office. It's actually a good Midwestern thunderstorm. Wow. So... Time to go down the rabbit hole. Dun, dun, dun. We like the rabbit hole. So, Gary, now for the difficult question. In the coming zombie apocalypse, how will Blue Frog or Restoration One help save mankind from being overwhelmed by zombies? Well, we're in a, we're in a great position to do that because our headquarters is in Texas. We have no gun laws, <laughs> so we, we're we're the wild wild we're the wild wild west. So being uh, having our corporate in uh, Waco, Texas, is going to give us a great great uh, advantage over everyone else. Uh, and those make, just make sure we arm our franchisees. That's what I would probably say. Ah, armed franchisees. That's a good one. So, <laughs> Carolyn, your last question before Ray asks his last question. Okay, uh, you're Gary. I know you're very busy. Um, what do you do to help keep your head, your thoughts together? What do you do for a hobby, relaxation? Um, I um, I grew up in the country, so I, I worked for custom farmers all my life, uh, uh, and you know, just got out on the. I, I get out on my ranch. Uh, I've got about 110 acres in Texas. 
and I've got a tractor and I've got a skid steer and I just start tearing stuff down. Anything I can run over, you know, shred, do whatever, plow. Uh, that that's my my ranch is my happy place, uh, and my time with my grandkids is uh, usually at the ranch, which is even more important. So I get to do those two great things, and you know what? Just spend, uh, you know, try to wake up in the morning, spend some quiet time, and uh, read my Bible and get my head right and get focused on on the day, uh, and just. Um, uh, you know, I, I I love being outside. That's probably my favorite. I had horses for years. I, my wife made me get rid of all of them, so I don't get to ride horses anymore. Oh. All right, maybe. Other than Walmart. I do get to ride them at Walmart. <laughs> all right, Ray. Before you ask your last question, I'm going to sneak one more in because he brought up grandkids. So I have a, I have a, I have a brand new grandson who's five months old um he's he's he's, was he's my miracle uh miracle grandson so what advice would you give to him on being successful uh pay attention to his grandfather (laughs) (laughs) right right my number Uh, one favorite episode right pay attention (laughs) to what your grandfather says uh you know what Live life through honesty and integrity. Uh, those are the two things going to get you far. That's the greatest thing about growing up in the country. That's the way we live. That's what, that's all we knew. I, I was related to somebody on every street, and my grandson. I spend a ton of time with him, and so you know, li- I, I live by. I try to get him. Try to live by the example. I let him live by an example. Uh, I just took him to New York for his ninth birthday, just he and I, uh, and just hung out, just had good times. So, um, you know. Oh. Uh, I, I I would say yeah, in, integrity, honesty, and and stay focused. Okay, Ray, you get to close out with the last question, my friend. Well, we actually he did mention a little bit about that uh, when he answers one of my questions, but uh, let's give us uh, our listeners a full boat of information on how they can get a hold of you to uh, if they're interested in starting a Restoration One or a Blue Frog franchise and. Let us know. How, how yeah. do we do it? How do we get yeah, involved? So, you know, like I said, that good old internet drives you right drives you right to us. So restoration1.com. It's just the number one. So restoration1.com and then uh, bluefrogplumbinganddrain.com. So uh, either one of those uh, will reach us. Uh, reach out. There's a form on there. Fill it out. There's a place for notes. Say, you know, heard you on, the, on this wonderful podcast. And uh, somebody will reach back to you and get you more information. It's all, you know, all you're doing right now is gathering information. Our job is to make sure you get it and you understand uh, our concept and our business. Excellent. I, I can't Yay. come up with a better ending than that, can I? It was great having you, Gary. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Uh, you guys having me on here. Thank all of you. We want to thank, I was going to say, we want to thank Gary Finley, of uh, CEO of uh, Restoration One and Blue Dog Plumbing Plus Drain, our special women's planning co's, Carolyn Thurston, CEO of Senior Wisdom Care. Got it right that time. And, of <laughs> course, my erstwhile co-host, Ray Peller, who the Pillars of Franchising was named for. We'll be back next week, folks, at... On Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Ooh, got it right that time. And this is. Bill, Bill.